there's a movie that you never seen The map is some ninjas or a crazy death machine There'll be smiles, there'll be tears You won't watch a movie for about eight billion years It's time for death by video Time for death by video And now the show will begin And that was Crimes of the Future. It's Death by Video! Hello, I'm Phil. I'm Kit. And I'm Graham saying welcome back to another episode of Merry Movie Mayhem. We are recording live on the streets of Toronto after just seeing David Cronenberg's newest film, Crimes of the Future. Um, So guys, where to begin? Where to begin? Uh, Well, uh, Viggo Mortensen and Leah Seydoux are a pair of unconventional performance artists. Who are kind of together, but not really. That's what I gathered from anytime anyone asks, like, Vigo, like, so what are you, are you guys together? He's like, we're performance partners. Whereas Leah Sadu said, we're partners. There, there, there's an intimacy, obviously. Yeah, so, you know, Uncle Dave came out of, I mean, not out of retirement, but he just hasn't really done anything and on, since Maps of the Stars, like, nine years ago. Well, he wrote uh, his first novel, Consumed, which um, is basically a greatest hits of... Uh, well, sounds of the city, folks. Sounds of yeah, the city. we are right downtown in the heart of Toronto, at the corner of King and John, aka the home of the Tiff Bell Lightbox, which is where we saw Crimes of the Future. Um, which, Everywhere. Yeah, I, I know we're the new city. We're the new city TV. Um, but yeah. Civic TV. So, yeah, sure, let's call it Civic. We should just point out that, like, also the Lightbox as well, being the home to the David Cronenberg uh, Archive, put out a bunch of his props from his films. We saw the helmet from uh, Videodrome. Uh, Rosanna Arquette's braces from Crash. Uh, and also the, uh, the gynecological tools from uh, Dead Ringers as well. Yep, as and well. Of course, the mugwump from uh, Naked Lunch, so it's selfie ready. Oh, yeah, he's just ready to pass. Although, they didn't have him set up at the bar like they did initially, like during the Cronenberg exhibit, which was super fun fun um but yeah so as for the movie i mean i really liked it i think phil you really oh, i really liked it as well it, yeah i definitely enjoyed it although i think we all kind of agreed that when it ended it was kind of just sort of like oh we thought there'd be more I, it seems like they dropped an entire final act like it gets to a point where you're like oh okay he's realizing something and now there's going to be like a you know a final act at, at least tie some things up and just nothing yeah it, it just stops yeah, he, uh, he, eats, he eats some plastic, and uh, he gets blissful about it, and that's it. Which I guess spoiler could... Spoiler alert, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we should point that out. Well, but this, I, this entire podcast is a spoiler <laughs> alert, folks. Uh, yeah, the, the microplastics discourse has uh, bled into the conception of... Uh, it's a, it's a shame they didn't have some of those purple chocolate bars available for us to eat uh, during the show. That would have been fun, a fun tie-in. Yeah, I should have gotten some Milk Duds, because the Lightbox is the one of the few theaters in Toronto that still sells Milk Duds, and those, they last a whole movie. Yeah, this, oh, yeah. this is in reference to Scott Speedman's character, and, and Graham, what, what is Scott Speedman, what, what is he doing in the film? Uh, yes, 90s heartthrob Scott Speedman making... <laughs> Bearded Scott Speedman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's uh, back, and he's in theaters now. He uh, is the father of a boy who is killed by his mother in the opening scene, which is very traumatic if you have children. Maybe you should be wary of that. But uh, he basically has, like, kept his 
his boy's body on ice in the hopes that uh, Leah Sado and uh, Viggo Morrison, I know his name, Viggo Morrison, would uh, do an autopsy on him as performance art because in this future world, nobody feels any pain. Apparently, infection is dead as well, so like nobody washes their hands anymore. And Leah Sado and Viggo Morrison perform autopsies on each other live for uh, for fun uh, because Viggo Mortensen produces novel original organs. Although we should point out that the, the microplastics discourse, that actually predate like in the film, he actually, Cronenberg wrote this script like 25 years ago before microplastics were even considered a thing. Yeah, it was originally uh, supposed to be called Painkillers, right? With um, Nick Cage, maybe? I don't know. All I, all I know is that like he basically like, put the script on ice because he didn't think he was there yet as a, as a filmmaker to record it. I don't know. Or to direct it. Thank you, Phil. Um, uh, but I do have to say, like, um, what was I going to say? There's a bit of a... There are two things with the chocolate bars that intrigued me. One is the Willy Wonka-like connection, because it almost seems like it's... I don't want to say it's a conscious performance on that. Ooh, uh, this, this His intersection is a mess. Um, but it's... Uh, but, like, I got a bit of a Willy Wonka vibe, because, like... Uh, Scott Spiebens' character was always eating these chocolate bars, and he was the only one that had them. And then when somebody else tried to eat one, they, like, started puking up purple and died. Uh, and then the other thing, too, is that the—okay, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. The end of the movie is Leah Sado, uh, Colin—he wanted to call him Colin Farrell, Viggo Mortensen. Um, he is having more and more difficulty eating, and he keeps saying, like, my throat's, like, seizing up. And then at the end of the—then by the end of the movie, he can't eat at all even in his special fancy breakfast chair, which when you watch the movie, it'll make sense why it's a special fancy breakfast chair. It's a very Cronenbergian uh, breakfast chair. Yeah, it's the Cronenbergian version of like those gamer chairs that they sell at Best Buy. <laughs> um, it, it'll be in a, uh, a Bell Lightbox exhibit to come, I'm sure. You'll be able to maybe even sit in it. It looks very uncomfortable, as, <laughs> as, does, as does the bed, which is considered to be like a luxury item. Uh, like a smart bed that needs that connects to your veins and needs software to update. It seems like a, a living bed. I, I get the the sense that the line between uh, organic and uh, synthetic has been blurred here with these things. Yeah, Cronenberg. It, it seems like uh, Immortanjo or whatever his name is from Mad Max Fury Road would be sleeping in one of these beds. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the point I wanted to get to with uh, the candy bar at the end is that it also, in addition to referencing Willy Wonka, by the time she feeds him the candy bar at the end of the film, it's almost like uh, a reference to the apple in the Garden of Eden. Because, like, he takes a bite of it, and all of a sudden he realizes, oh, this is good, I should be eating plastic, and then credits. I, I mean, I guess you could say that it's left ambiguous whether it actually kills him or not. I mean, if it does, I don't know. I guess not. Yeah. Because purple stuff doesn't come leaking out of his mouth, but... That is where the movie ends, mm. so we don't know anymore. Yeah. And Scott Speedman insists that he should uh, be consuming his uh, candy bars. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, Scott Speedman and his whole group, they've all had the same procedure to allow them to eat plastic because they are, I guess, plastic heads that want to just eat plastic because that's where the human race is going. It seems like an almost uh, environmental uh, crusade as well. They're like, we have to eat the garbage that we've made or something like that. Yeah, yeah, no, there's layers upon layers. I mean, especially when when they finally cut open Scott Speedman's dead son, uh, expecting to see these all these original, new, beautiful organs that can process plastic for digestion, and then it turns out it's just the a bunch of tattooed organs. And then apparently, tattooing organs is a thing that happens in this in this world now. Yeah, that's what Leah Sadu. Isn't that what her kind of role as an artist? She she tattoos the organs. 
Yeah, she tattoos the organs and then they pull them out of Vigo because they're brand new organs that that he his body is producing for some reason, which they consider to be tumors, which I guess is theoretically true. But it turns out, I guess that they're, they're functioning. Na- like she says, you're, you're, it's functioning, so it does something. Yeah, he's I, evolving at an accelerated rate. They say. Mm-hmm. They have a term for it, and I don't remember it, but it's evolutionary something or other. Yeah, so so lots to chew on with this film. Uh, Cinematography-wise, I think this was shot incredibly well. Oh, yeah. Um, there was one... The cinematographer, I didn't recognize the name. Yeah, yeah, I can't recall a kid. Can you look up who the cinematographer is? I think you're on the Wikipedia page. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Ah. Hold on. Uh, Douglas Koch. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not familiar with... with uh, Co- I hope it's Koch. It could be Koch. Yeah, well, I've heard that name yeah. pronounced both ways. Koch it's or Koch. K-O-C-H. Koch or Koch. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say... They could have advertised him as the new Coke, but... Um, oh, uh, Accelerated Evolution Syndrome is what you were looking for. It's, he's got a disease called acceler- AES, Accelerated uh, Evolution Syndrome. Interesting, yeah. So it'd be interesting that evolving would be considered a disease in the future of this. And they talk about how what, they're, what they were doing with that kid is a crime in the future, hence crimes of the future. However... I don't know, it doesn't really seem like anything, I mean, other than desecration of a human body, but then again, everybody's desecrating everybody's body. Um, well, there's was, also a uh, vice cop there called the New Vice that yeah. uh, he approaches Vigo Mortensen. Uh, yeah, and Vigo kind of goes undercover for him. Yeah. And they even explained that New Vice doesn't really, isn't actually what it's about. It's that They just said it's more sexier than, like, what is it, like, evolutionary crimes or something. Yeah. Um, we should also point out that Canadian uh, treasure Don McKellar is in this film. I haven't seen him since uh, Trigger, I think, in 20... Oh, yeah, it's been ages. 2012, 2013? Yeah. Yeah, yeah the detectives, uh, the actor's name is Welkit Bung- Bungri. I don't... I'm probably butchering that last name. I haven't seen him before. He's a newcomer. Mm-hmm. Uh, his uh, character name is Detective Cope. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, but we should point out that Don McKellar works with Kirsten Stewart's character at the... Uh, what is it? The Department of Organ Registration? The National Organ Registry. Yeah, which is not officially... Uh, a government organization when it's st- when they first meet up with Leah Sadu and uh, Viggo Mortensen, but um, but it is becoming one, and it becomes a bit of a, a danger for them to go to these like performances where Leah Sadu is like performing organ surgery on uh, on Viggo Mortensen. Um, so yeah, there's a lot to uncover. Um, it's just it's a shame. Like I biked uh, like 40 kilometers this morning, so I was ex- <laughs> I was exhausted by the time I got here. And I, like, at certain points, my eyes were closing. I'm like, no, don't close. This is really good. Um, but, yeah, it, uh, it's, it's definitely, I mean, see it on a big screen, folks. Like, we need more movies like this in theaters and not on streaming services. There was an interesting discussion during the film where he's, he's talking about his son was able to create these, uh, these organs naturally. Uh, his, his mother, the reason she uh, smothered him is because he's like, it's not even a boy. It's a creature, I, you know. And this follows seeing her son eating a wastebasket. Yes, he eats a plastic wastebasket, chews it up, and he's got some weird, like, white foam coming out of his mouth, and she just decides, ah, that's enough, and she uh, takes him out. Mm-hmm. Well, doesn't Scott Speedman at a certain point talk about some sort of acid that comes out of his yeah. mouth? That's probably what the white stuff is. It's like a brundle fly-type acid. That, that was actually the, uh, the lady at the Ear Guy show, which I guess we should bring up the Ear Guy. But, um... <laughs> no, there wasn't much to the Ear Guy. Well, well... Just uh, briefly about the the discussion, because um, Vigo brings up that that's not how evolution works. You can't surgically alter yourself and expect that to be imprinted in your genetic code. That doesn't make any sense. He he calls the whole thing crazy, 
And since we never actually see the boy's organs, it's hinted that uh, Kristen Stewart actually removes the real ones and puts in the fake ones. Yeah, because there's also the two employees, the two repair women for the... Uh, for the for the basically the furniture company of this future where all these like organic like luxury furniture pieces these two like repair women get really into the fact that Lisa Du and Viggo Morrison still has a autopsy device yeah they love their job these two ladies mm-hmm. they're also assassins yes and they use like they're power drills <laughs> yeah a little homage to Abel Ferreira there with the driller killer um, but we should also point out that. Uh, what was I was going to say, yeah, we should point out that, like, so they kill Spot, Scott Speedman, but I don't understand why, really, because he kind of, like, came after it was exposed that, like, his boy was full of implanted organs. He comes out and cries on the steps, which, and that, that uh, I, the building where they did their, uh, their artwork kind of reminded me a bit of the, um, uh, what is it, the, um, the Brian Oblivion building from uh, from Videodrome. Oh, the cathode ray mission. Yes, the cathode ray mission. This this entire movie has a beautifully like ruined Pat look Bathurst to it. In Richmond. Oh, that's Pat Bathurst in Richmond. Well, not anymore, right? Or is it still there? That's, that building's still there. Oh, I'm gonna have to take a ride over there on my way home. Um, but I'm pretty sure it is. I don't know. I so much of this. From the Tarragon Theater is that the theater name? Oh, I think that building's gone. Yeah, it's now a f- some crap. Um, anyway. Oh, I swore on the podcast. I'm not supposed to do that. Anyway, all the sets look, like, ruined. This looks I'm almost post-apocalyptic. Like, it looks like everything is run down and um, decaying. Yeah. Well, the plan was originally to shoot this in Toronto, but they ended up shooting it in Greece. And, I mean, Greece has had a rough... Uh, a rough, like, 15 years. Okay. Like, I mean, with their financial collapse in, what was it, 07 or 08? EU's austerity measures and... Yeah, they've basically been pushed to the brink of oblivion. Um, but uh, perfect, a perfect setting for this film. It made me kind of sad, though. Like, there's a scene where Viggo Morrison goes up a stairwell, and I'm like, I remember when there were stairwells like that in Toronto, and I've only lived here for 16 years, and now they're all gone. Um, you know, like, with a, an old wooden banister and some decaying carpet and like a totally unnecessarily like big stairwell as well but uh it was good stuff so guys um with all that being said uh just just getting back to the ear guy i did like his inclusion because uh in this in this universe uh this world that we're in uh, the basically these kind of performance artists that do things with their bodies they're the biggest stars Mm -hmm. uh we're led to believe that these are uh the new celebrities and so the seer guy is a big deal, but we're kind of like, when we first see him, he's doing a thing where he's getting his mouth and his eyes sewed shut, and then some music is playing like, uh, what is it, like, oh, you can no longer see, you can no longer speak, all you can do is hear, and then he starts dancing. That's like rhythmic techno. Yeah. Or for big, yeah. <laughs> and then and he's not- covered in ears, like, on, he has like six ears on his head, he has ears on his shoulders, his chest, his legs. Yeah, and they don't, none of them work. Uh, it's purely cosmetic. Purely cosmetic, and uh, we're we're uh, there's kind of a critic there who uh, who helped him with the piece, perhaps. But she's like, yeah, he's just his dancing is better than his uh, performance art. Yeah, he's corny, is essentially. Yeah, old Dave, Uncle Dave, he likes to throw in the jokes every now and then. <laughs> um, yeah, so well, that being and said, then, and there's also like a convention later on of uh, body uh, modifiers. Yeah, some uh, well, some ladies just getting her face sawed into, and it's a bit oh, of performance right. art. 
I totally and forgot about somebody that. Somebody who's getting like saw, their ankles getting sawed into as well, mm-hmm. and she's having an orgasmic response to it. Yeah. Well, well people it, everywhere throughout this movie are cutting into one another, and mm-hmm. people are loving it because. Well, apparently, like as Kirsten Stewart says in it, like uh, surgery is the new sex, or surgery is now sex. Um, blood loss would be a huge deal, though. <laughs> I don't know. Apparently, like they, I guess they all like carry around like a soldering iron or something, just yeah. like seal the wound shut. Because yeah, like they they pass people on the street who are just hanging out on like the sidewalk, cutting into each other. Even when Scott Speedman finally first meets Viggo Mortensen, uh, he's cutting into some random girl on the street, and he just kind of like leaves her there bleeding on the sidewalk, and goes to be like, "Hey, you're that guy. <laughs> uh, you got caught up with my son. <laughs> See what's going on in there. It's crazy." That's um, what he says, basically. Yeah. Like the big bopper, he says, it's crazy. It's crazy. No, he doesn't say Hello, baby. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I've, I've tried to wrap this up like three times now, but I want to make sure, are we are we good? Because like I want to talk more if you guys are good to talk more, but I... I I'm good to talk more. Okay, cool. What else do you want to talk about? I don't know. I, 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 I thought you guys had more to say. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm still trying to process everything. Sure, Kit, sure. do you have anything else to talk about with regards to crimes of the future? Uh, no, it was interesting. A uh, decent score by Howard Shore. Yep, Howard Shore bringing the beats always. Um, yeah, it was also interesting to see, like, all the different Canadian funding bodies that, like, made this film possible. Even they still had to shoot it in Greece. I, I also, I enjoyed um, Kristen Stewart's performance. Uh, I, very, very twitchy, very yeah, uh, nervous. Very twitchy, yeah. And I also enjoyed Viggo Mortensen's performance, mm-hmm. who acted like his throat had just been slit the entire movie. Every time he had to speak, it was like this labored, like, trying to get words out of his throat was a real chore for him. Uh, yeah. It was interesting. Yeah, I do have to say, I think this is the, the out of the Kirsten Seward performances like- I've seen, this is this is her best. Like, But then again, I'm trying to think, like, what else have I seen her in? Because I haven't seen the Twilight movies. I didn't see that weird Charlie's Angels remake from a few years ago. I saw... Personal Shopper? No, I saw... Personal Shopper's great, uh, Clouds of Sills Maria, Certain Women. Yeah, I still have to watch Certain Women. No, I, uh, I was going to talk about that I had seen um, the Runaways biopic that she started, she, where she played Joan Jett. Yeah, of course, Panic Room, if we want to go way back. Oh, right, I've seen her in Panic Room. Yeah, it's her best acting since Panic Room. Um, 20 year span. But uh, the first yeah. American to win the Caesar Award. <laughs> oh right, for what? For uh, this Clouds movie? Oh, oh, for Klaus, yeah, yeah. Did, uh, did old Dave win any awards for this at, at Cannes? Have they handed out the Palm Door yet, or is this hey, still going yeah, on? Yeah, Ruben Ostlund, he won the second time. For what? The his latest movie. Tears. Which is? You know, something about uh, Tears or something, something like that. Yeah, it sounds title. like a, a parody film that would win Cannes. It's like Tears of Sorrow. Awesome, 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 yeah, I think awesome. He won like no, a special tri- prize. Triangle of Tears, it's called. Okay. Uh, I think got some special prize. Uh, yeah. Some well, honorary I, prize. I used to remember that Pedro Almodovar and uh, Viggo Morrison got into a bit of a back and forth because there was that long ago theory that uh, David Cronenberg just torpedoed, uh, what was it, uh, all about everything I know, like, what was it, all about my mother in 99? Triangle of Sadness, I'm sorry. Triangle of Sadness, wow. <laughs> now that's a title to make you... That's like generic title card. That's like the title of like a of like a bad Hallmark movie. Well, that, it sounds like a joke. Like, oh, what won the Palme d'Or? A movie called Triangle of Sadness. Sorry, is it Triangle of Sadness or Tri- Trying to Love? Triangle. Triangle, not Trying to Love Sadness. No. All right. Um, what else can we talk about with regards to this? Uh, Leia Sado is good as always, although I'm... I'm 
I don't want to say I'm tired of seeing her and stuff, but it's like... <laughs> just tired, tired of seeing her naked and everything? No, 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 no. That doesn't get old. Um, no, I just want to see her do, like, a different kind of role, I guess. Like, beyond... Because, like, she always kind of plays those, like... How do I put it? Like, I don't want to say stern women, but... I want to see a bit more spark, a bit more humor. You want her to be more chill. Yeah, I want to see. I want. Well, I also want to see a movie where she's just kind of hanging out, not where she's James Bond, like star-crossed lover, not where she's uh, cutting into Viggo Mortensen. Yeah, I want to see a movie where she's like hanging out, being a person. There's a, there's a lot of hanging out, and blue is the warmest color, I guess. Yeah, but that's when that was a while ago, and also like the making of that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So know, much bad stuff. Boo to that filmmaker. I hope you you never get your good, films distributed again. Good performance from Leah Sadu in that one. Yeah, yeah. And in this movie, Leah Sadu is great, as always. I shouldn't complain. She is really, really good. Um, how, who else? We, we talked about the the repair woman. We talked about uh, Don McKellar and Kirsten Stewart. Again, good to see Don McKellar. Like, miss that guy. Remember there was a time you couldn't turn on Canadian television without him being interviewed. Yeah. Yeah, every episode of movie television. Um well, I guess he took a hiatus after he lost his wife. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the movie Trigger, they were, that movie is such a, like, watching it is just such a depressing thing because uh, she was dying while they were making it, and they were rushing through it to try and finish it before she passed away. And so Don McKellar's in it. Even um, uh, Sarah Polly turns up for a quick cameo. Uh, who's the the woman in it? Molly, Sh- no, not Molly Shannon. Molly Parker. Molly Parker, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who also Twitch, City. also Twitch City with Don McKellar. That great. And Callum Keith Rennie is in both. Yeah. Man, Twitch City is a great yeah, show. Yeah, he's a Bruce McDonald, other Bruce McDonald regular. Yeah, yeah. I never saw the movie last night either. It's good. Yeah. yeah. Yep. David Cronenberg's in that as well. It's, it's interesting because I was listening to uh, some podcasts from the States. A few years ago, David Cronenberg, uh, at Beyond Fest in Los Angeles, David Cronenberg was the guest of honor, and they did a uh, retrospective of a bunch of his films, and he kind of gave a talk, and everyone who was there, because they're locals from Los Angeles, were kind of surprised, like, like, oh, he has a sense of humor, he's kind of funny, and I'm like, wow, like, I guess they don't understand that, like, in the 1990s, he was showing up on, like, the Royal Canadian Air Force doing, like, parodies of himself. <laughs> he's also in um, Jason X. I know. <laughs> yeah, he rewrote his own dialogue for that. Nightbreed. Yeah, exactly. He's great in Nightbreed. And, I mean, Jason X, like, he, uh, it was funny because the storyline behind that is that, like, he just had so much fun he wanted to keep being there, but they were like, well, we, we killed your character. Like, he, <laughs> Jason got you. He's like, ah. But, yeah, it's a, uh, yeah, David Cronenberg, Canada's national treasure. He could have had a twin brother, like, in Dead Ringers. He could have just brought <laughs> that back. In, in <laughs> what, what was it, 2502 or whatever, <laughs> when Jason wakes up in the future. Um... Yeah, well, I mean, I guess that's all we have to say about Crimes of the Future. Uh, I'm going to say this is DB, DBV approved. Yes. It's a good use of my tax dollars. Yep, 100%. I uh, <laughs> fully support uh, all the Canadian ta- tax dollars going towards this film. Good to see CBC is financing movies. Let's do, let's do some more movies, guys. Come on, you got that great stream- CBC streaming service gem. Um, They're too busy producing right. Son of a Critch and things like that. Don't diss Son of a Critch. That, that show, hey, man. Right. Set in Newfoundland. It's interesting to see uh, Crimes of the Future on CBC Gem. You know, mm-hmm. right. Oh, probably like in the next two months, too. Sure, yeah. Uh, yeah. So with that being said for Death by Video. I've been Phil. I've been Kip. And I'm still Graham saying thank you for listening. Keep watching amazing movies. Good night.
If you're looking for more horror outside of the mainstream, look no further than Unsung Horrors, a podcast about underseen horror movies. I'm Lance. And I'm Erica. Every other week, we'll cover a horror movie with fewer than 1,000 views on Letterboxd. We'll even give you double feature recommendations to pair with the movies we discuss. From gothic to shot on video, from slashers to comedies, from giallo to J-horror, we'll cover all the subgenres. So join us as we unearth these hidden gems of horror. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, all at Unsung Horrors, available wherever you listen to podcasts. 